Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, which is where we talk about Blizzard games because we are slaves to our name. We just can't do anything but what our name tells us we can do. It's kind of strange. I don't pretend to understand it. It would take a scientist to explain it, and I'm from the humanities. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm hosting this week, as I do most weeks. Uh, with me this week are two magnificent spectacles of, of co-hostery. Uh, first, watching and dropping cushions. Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been up to? Hi. Um, this, that, and the other... I've been up to, actually, I think this week has been pretty much the week of leveling the rest of my followers. And I'm at the point where almost, I think I have one follower right now that's not 100 and epic. And then I have one that I recruited that's level 90 that I need to start leveling from the ground up. But everybody else is 100 and epic because I win. (laughs) All right, cool. Ah, does that mean you have to like log on every few hours? No. Cause I just I mean, my followers are way behind, and I don't really feel like logging on more than once a day. Oh, see, I log in like because you know if I'm writing or something like that, I'll like pop on every once in a while when I think about it and swap my missions out. I right now I think the thing that I love the most right now from from patch six point one is the treasure hunter trait. It doubles the gold that you get from a mission. So if you have, say, for example, um, Blingtron Secret Vault, the mission that gives you 500 gold, you can get up to 2,000 gold if you have three treasure hunters on that mission. It's fantastic. It's the best thing ever. I'm making so much bank off of that. Cool. Cool. Also with us this week, um, the Dread Shadow that looms in the darkness, ready to destroy us all, Alex Zivart. Uh, Alex, we've been doing this week. Hello, um, destroying you all. Actually, uh, that's been taking up a whole lot of my time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I wish I wish it didn't take so long, but you guys put up a lot of uh, a lot of fight. Yes, and it's kind of disappointing, actually, that you're fighting so hard. I love that you managed to turn this into a complaint. 
<laughs> That's what I do. It's like yeah, it's really a drag how you guys don't die. Yeah, I could do without that fighting back stuff. God, it's like if 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 Alex actually ever had that secret lair, he would totally be just so upset with Bond. It's like it's you, true. You know, I expected you to die. You had anyway. one job, and that was <laughs> to die. In reality, I've been leveling a character with tailoring so I can make bags for all of my alts, so I stopped using 16-slot bags. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Uh, they jacked up to the 30-slot bags, and I've been very slowly accumulating those. I don't even know how you function with only 16-slot bags. I well, don't my, like. My I cannot comprehend ones. this. Like, uh, my main has the 28-slot Grand Skin, the 22-slot Gigantique, the 22 Nixia Hide. And the twenty-four hex cloth bag, and I get by with that. I mean, I don't need a lot of inventory space, but I just realized I've been using these bags for so long, and there are freaking thirty-slot bags in the game now, so I might as well upgrade. It is true. Yes. As and for myself, four thousand gold each on my server, so I would rather make them myself than buy a crap ton of four thousand gold bags. Yeah, they are expensive. I think they're cheaper than that on my server because, you know, you're in Scenarian Circle and Scenarian Circle is the worst place ever. But As far um, as the economy, at least, um, I can't speak to anything else. <laughs> but um, the economy no is No offense, Scenarian cool. Circle. We like you. I like you anyway. I don't like you, Scenarian Circle. I'm not on, on... I don't have any characters on your server. I think I'm currently sitting on your server right now. I have characters there. Yes, you are. I've I have characters there and they're stranded there. What? Who is... Okay, never mind. I almost commented on something on the stream, and nobody listening to this tomorrow can see that, so forgive me. I apologize. But anyway, um, as is usually the case for the show at this point, we could talk about the top stories. And one of the top stories is something It was actually pretty funny. Uh, Alex and I were both awake around like 3 o'clock in the morning the day that this dropped. And uh, he comes into work chat. He, he was there, but he was doing something else. He comes in and he goes... Rossi, have you seen this? He drops this video yeah. into the link. And it I was go relevant it. to oh, yeah, you know, totally things was. we talked about last week and things we were talking about in chat that day. So yeah. it so seemed I, kind of important. Basically, uh, in case you don't know, they've Blizzard has officially put this up on their they've put it up on their YouTube channel now, so it's not even in like a data mind anymore. It's it's official. Uh, there's a video, kind of a teaser for the legendary uh, chain. That shows um, some interesting developments. And if you haven't seen it and you don't want to see it, we're warning you now. Spoilers are coming. You've got time to get out of here. You cover your ears. Start reciting loud math in your head. Whatever you need to do. Because when I'm done talking now, we're going to have some spoilers. Okay. Basically, we find out that, you know, Gul'dan has not been laying idle while it looked like, you know, everything was going against him. It turned out that we've actually kind of done his work for him and when we took out all those warlords that that Ian and i were complaining that got taken out too easily yeah so the iron horde kind of felt like that was too easy too and they were not happy when when guldon goes to the iron horde and basically says you know hey guys i got some some frothy good demon blood here who wants to drink it come on i know you want to drink it and Garash, I say Garash. Garash doesn't go for it because he's Stone Cold Dead. But um, Gromash doesn't go for it. However, uh, Kilrog does, and so yeah, that happened. So, what do you guys think about the video? 
Well, it's Isn't nice that... that they finally gave Kilrog something to do. <laughs> Isn't that the exact conclusion we drew on the podcast previous weeks? Like, yeah. we've tore yeah, through I'm... them so easily that we put Kilrog into the exact position where he's going to go, I don't know about this anymore. Yeah, pretty much. That is, in fact, exactly what we said last week. Uh, I uh, I think that the most interesting part about that video for me was the fact that Gul'dan, for some reason, knew that Garrosh was Gromosh's son and dropped the bomb and and let Gromosh know that Garrosh was his son. Because that, that was... Well, that's that's kind of in the game when you do the uh, alliance side Talador. Is it Talador? When you do alliance side um, the Grand, they're calling him the son of Hellscream. When you well, when yeah, you raid there. they don't. I mean, like if if people are calling him the son of Hellscream, that implies that he either he put it out there or you know someone else did. I always it, figured it was like Gramash said, "Hey, you know what? I kind of like you. I like your ideas. I like where it's going. You're kind of clanless, so why don't you just join my clan?" No, yeah, but that's, you, you don't have to bear my family name. Eh, I don't know because the, the look little... of shock that registered on Gramash's face when it sank in, like when it finally sank in, there was there was a moment there where he was like, "A, a what? You mean he like he really is? Really?" Mm. I just thought it was shocked that he was dead. I didn't think. I didn't, no, I, didn't know if I, I think he was. That he was son. I think he was shocked that 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 revelation was there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think. Grom knew, and in fact, it's that part of the cinematic I found kind of weird, because would this guy suddenly believe that this grown man was his son just because Gul'dan <laughs> said so? Well, you sure. gotta trust Gul'dan, man. Like, Gul'dan said this t- grown man, who is probably the same age I am, is my son. That sounds legit. Like, that <laughs> well, the thing is, is that like... sounds like a complete lie, so therefore it's probably true, because if it was a lie, Gul'dan wouldn't have just said it like that. I mean, not Gul'dan. Well, the thing is, is it's like, I think the pieces have been there in front of Gramash all this time, because they made it fairly clear in the Hellscream short story, uh, Garrosh slipped. He said something about. He said something to Gramash. He said, "Well, at least you still have your son." And, and Gramash said, "I don't have a son. What are you talking about?" And Garrosh kind of like backpedaled with that. But Gramash, Gram noticed, you know, when Garrosh was fighting, when Garrosh was doing, you know, his his little battle in the arena thing, there were people, and Gram himself noticed that Garrosh fights like a hell scream, you know. So it's like all those little pieces and hints were there. I just don't think that Grom had actually like put it together, actually put it together and said, wait a minute, this place that we're going to, where the outsiders are from, that's where you're from, isn't it? I, I don't think that that ever was made clear until that moment. And, and it kind of, it was one of those, oh, all those weird little things that I noticed suddenly make a whole heck of a lot of sense with what Goldon just said. I gotta say, just on a purely performance level the guy playing Gul'dan has just been throwing it out of the park in I want to know who that guy is I've been I, trying to find out I asked I asked and is. I got a response on Twitter um and the response was I could tell you but I do you really want to know so oh my gosh yeah that means it's Chris Metzen doesn't it it's not Chris Metzen come part on part of me thinks that it is though because okay so I was okay doing, I'm not gonna 
just was, let me let me say this bit, and then you can do yours. Because I gotta say this: if that's Chris Metzen, that's the best voice acting Chris Metzen has ever done. Here's here's my thing, right? Um, I was doing I was doing the level ninety four quest in Shadow Moon, the one that sends you out, and you get the eye, and then there's that cinematic where Goldon is talking. And then you go confront Goldon later and he says some more stuff. When he was talking, there were moments when he was talking where I was like, is that? No, that can't be because that voice is too deep. Like that's deeper. That's way deeper than Thrall ever was. But there's, there's like little moments where the inflection is almost the same. If that uh. makes sense. It's like, it's like maybe it. Maybe they pitched him down or something. I don't know. All I know is whoever that voice actor is, they're fantastic. Because I, oh, I love Gul'dan. You know what my favorite piece of voice acting in this expansion is? Who? It's uh, it's the quest in Shadow Moon when Samara gets taken. Yes. And Nerzul goes, Tushas Ghoul! Yes! There's something about it that it just sounds so good. Like, Tushas Ghoul! I actually don't mind. I think that's pretty good too. But I gotta tell you, for me, it's absolutely the moment when I get. Yeah. You're Frank Welker. <laughs> you're the voice of such characters as Megatron and Mizzy as Pitlick and Nibbler and literally everything in the universe. Rashad is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Just just for the bit when he goes down and he's getting flirted with by the the old crone and he's clearly uncomfortable. Yes. Just just for that. It's like, you know, man, I'm listening to Megatron being like, um, yeah, okay, maybe not. I like man. you, but I don't like like you. <laughs> Can we not talk, talk about this in front of the, the Featherless people? Because, you know. Right. But, yeah, I, I honestly, I got to say, I – this isn't a change. Like when I saw the cinematic, I wasn't like, "Oh my god, no!" I wasn't surprised, and yet I was surprised in that I didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't think they were going to just like have Gul'dan step in and take over. I didn't think it was going to be so perfectly our fault. Like for all Cadgar's talk of like you know we have to go after Gul'dan because he's our responsibility, we have only helped this guy. Everything we've done has helped him. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Gul'dan having another shot to bring the Burning Legion in was totally expected. Not, I don't want to say it's unexpected. <sighs> the exact details of how it played out were kind of cool, but considering the previous week's podcast, we basically laid out this exact scenario. I think we saw it coming. Yeah, Maybe see- not necessarily as quickly. It's or the how the- that I didn't yeah. see coming. I didn't necessarily see him taking over the Iron Horde. And I certainly, nece- I, I kind of figured he might show up at the end of the Iron Horde raid, and like you know, have while you've been doing that, I've been doing evil. But no, he stepped up and straight up said, "Nope, you know what? This place really needs some fell blood, and I'm just the guy to give it to you." By the way, since a lot of people have asked, uh, when when Manoroth dies in the cinematic, his blood goes everywhere on that top of that mountain, and that's where they got it. It's he has there's actual quote unquote wells of demon blood up there now. You know what Which, I would like? People were speculating on, okay, if this isn't Manoroth's blood, and it doesn't look like Kilrog is turning green, whose blood could it be? I think it would be really cool if it was the blood of Brutalis. That would explain oh, him looking from, messed up. Yeah. From, from the dude from Sunwell. I think that would be super I cool to bring Brutalis wondered, into it. 
I kind of wonder, just because I was kind of wondering along those lines, if maybe because he showed up because he was really mad about things not going right, if maybe that was Archimonde's blood, just but because that was kind of... I, don't, I actually don't know if this has been established or not, but the only blood we ever see used in this kind of transformation thing is from... It's Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be Brutalis, and it would kind of actually be kind of cool if it was, because... I think if, I think would be back, way you know? cooler, yeah. The yeah. other thing, though, is we also have the possibility of it being Agamon. Ooh, that's also a possibility, yeah. his pools are right there in, in, the, uh, in the original timeline. Yeah. Uh, it could be Magtheridon. See, but I, I think, think that, that they, do have, they do have the blood source on top of the Throne of Jaden. Because he bled all over the place, so yeah. Still but have I that. just the fact that Kilrog didn't didn't go all green. That's that's the, that's the thing that bothers me. Is he didn't go green? He's gone gray, and Brutalis. Yeah. Well, he had, the, he, he, he had the gray color scheme. Um, Magtheridon, obviously, he had that kind of green cast to his skin. Yeah, but we we also know that it also depends on more than just. It's not just a question of you drink it, you go green. Some of them were drinking it and going red because they drank enough of it. Yeah, uh, it, it really. Who knows with Kilrog? Maybe Kilrog's got an allergy. I don't know. It's like peanut allergy. <laughs> Demon blood. He's yeah. got a foul allergy. And the so the red orcs. Him, but he's gonna have the sniffles the whole fight. The red orcs in Burning Crusade were from not the same dude as the green orcs, right? They were from Magtheridon, but they wasn't that they were. It's not that his blood was different because he was a different demon. It was that they he had gotten more because when Grom took an extra dose of Manoroth's mm. blood, he turned red. Yeah, the chaos yeah. orcs in Warcraft. It's how 3. much you drink, yeah. right? So it could be as simple as the fact that you know uh, Kilrog just went way over his daily dose of, of demon blood and it catapulted him to gray. Or maybe he just pretended to swig some of it, but he didn't. Another swig blood-related blood. question: Didn't killing the Pit Lord free them from the blood curse in Warcraft yes. 3? The blood curse, so, yes, but that's not because at that time he was directly con- controlling them. Magtheridon was, I mean, Manoroth was standing right there. So if, if they killed him before Warlords of Draenor, yes, would that, that blood seen. still do what Gul'dan intends for it to do? I don't think so. That's why I but keep it still thinking fell it's somebody, blood, I, I keep thinking it's something else's blood. It's not, it's not his I've, blood. You've basically said that it was, but... They've made a point of pointing out that there was the the wells of demon blood on top of the throne of Kil'jaeden. Whether what? or not that actually means anything, I remember reading it on uh, Wow, not Wowhead, uh, Wapedia. Okay, I was looking at last week. You can go you'll look have it up. to point this. You'll you'll have to point me to this because I do not remember this at all. Okay, but that's keep, okay. Keep talking. Anyway, I, I so, still think it'd be cool if it's brutalist. Like I don't care about the specifics. This. I, I think it'd be cool to see him come back. Yeah, I he was a, that, guy. that was a cool boss. Like he had some really cool emotes and stuff like that. And I always kind of wanted to know a little bit more about him, especially since like his blood corroded a blue dragon. Yeah, and in <laughs> Felmus, that was pretty neat. If we're speaking aesthetically, I think Brutalis's aesthetics work really well in Warlords of Draenor. Yeah, I mean he's totally scarred over and full of metal, and he has the blade hands like Cargaff. Uh, I think Definitely. he fits. I think he does. Anyway, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's his blood. I don't know. I just, I don't think that's his blood. It would, 
it just it's a little yeah. off it's it's enough of a little off that that it weirds me out and at this point we're just repeating ourselves so rossi can look something up no i just i just sent it okay uh, let's but move on where's to their emails. source for this oh yeah let's for now let's move on to the emails because we could probably <laughs> talk about this for another 20 minutes and it's actually 9 20 okay so um first email is from lily of doomhammer uh, good evening, everyone. I remember reading a while back about how the holy light affects the undead, essentially cauterizing their wounds instead of mending them, as it would for other races. This got me thinking recently, how would it affect death knights? I just played through the starting zone of the DKs again, and from my understanding, being in the presence of anything holy seems to weaken them. And since they are also undead, it could be assumed that any healing done by a paladin or priest would not only weaken them, but hurt them, as with their wounds are cauterized as well. Seems like it would do more harm than good. Your thoughts? Uh, second question, very heavy spoilers for those who have not seen the new Gul'dan cutscene. We just talked about it for like 10 minutes, so I'm not going to worry too much about that. When Gul'dan offers Kilrog the demon blood, do we know whose blood that might be? <laughs> I can't imagine him <laughs> oh, carrying boy. around spare cups of Manoroth juice for over 10 years. But then again, it is Gul'dan, so anything is possible. Stay well, classy. We just, we just, went we just talked that about that. Detail, yeah. so but I will, say, I, do, I will say that it is hilarious to imagine him just carrying around a cup of demon blood on the off chance. I mentioned that on Twitter the other day. Yeah. I was like, I wonder if he just sort of randomly wanders, wanders hey, down kids, the cup, demon blood. offering it to anybody who's just like standing still long enough for him to offer Ooh, it. You know what would be even creepier? It's his blood. <sighs> yes. That's yeah. how that's how fell he is now. He just kind of goes like and opens up a vein and just pours it into a guy. Here you go, Dream. Like, dude. You, what is it? It's Gul'dan juice. No, that's just bad. No. See, have you Ugh. ever seen those things that um you can buy to sneak booze into like baseball games where it's like yeah. a big sack you like wear over your chest? Yep. I imagine that he Gul'dan is hunched over now because he's wearing one of those <laughs> full of Manoroth's blood. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's just he's carrying one of those. No, I just have like this mental picture of 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 people, you know, characters yeah, just, just trying to trying to like level archaeology or, or something, and then out of nowhere, it's just a green hand with a cup. Drink, hey kids. <laughs> anyway, okay, for the first one, I don't think that it quote unquote weakens them because the particular problem that the, they had was that the light was angry with them at that particular yeah. place. You're talking about Light's Hope. Light's hope, it wasn't just the light. It was that the light was the spirits of thousands of dead, and they were mad. Uh, and they were like, you know, no, not having it. It's, you know, when he says the light will tear you apart, that it's because... That was a lot of dead people. Yeah, it was the angry spirits. It wasn't just that the light tears the Death Knights apart. I definitely think that they suffer the same effects as other undead. You kind of get that from Zeliac. Yeah. When Zeliac is a Death Knight, he's actually using the light. Mm-hmm. And clearly, it it's not... He's not enjoying the experience. I really love but, that guy, by the way. Like he was one uh, of my favorite bosses in Vanilla WoW. Like yeah. he was just such a unique, really cool dude in the context of Warcraft. Yeah, Zeliac is also interesting to me because just just the way he. You, you, one of the things about Nax that you don't really get much to see much nowadays when you're running through it, you know, just blowing it up, is how it felt to hear those voices. <sighs> oh, Wait. the ambience was great. It was so creepy. The yeah, whole there's place. The, there's the wailing in the background. Uh, plus, a lot of people saw only saw Nax when they when it was ten slash twenty five. Yeah. And yeah. one of the problems I had, which I remember saying at the time, was especially on the ten player mode. Ten player Nax feels like an empty, deserted strip mall. 
Oh, it does, yeah. The, with the occasional mob just standing alone in a room going, I'm over here. I'm a trash mob. It's just me and my friends. It's like the upstairs section of that mall in Anaheim. Yeah. It used to be <laughs> absolutely jammed <laughs> on the top, back in one corner. Anyway. And you and I are the only packed. ones that understood that. I know. <laughs> People went to BlizzCon might have got it. People like me who never get to go don't know. The the Anaheim Garden Walk is an outdoor mall, uh, like down the street from the no, Anaheim not, no, Center. No, we're not explaining the in joke. I am, we're, and we're to the light thing. It was empty, like uh, totally abandoned, with one <laughs> store in it. A chocolate shop way up in the upper corner, in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and mentioned it, and if I didn't explain, thousands of people would be completely clueless. Anyway, so as far as the light is concerned, when you're talking about Death Knights, I don't think it's a question of them, you know, getting weakened by it. I do think it burns them. I do think it basically does the cauterization thing that we, we told them about before. Plus, you can remember that back when they did Ask C-Dev, one of the things they mentioned was that Death Knights actually need suffering and pain to empower themselves, whether it's, it's their creepy. own or other people's. So in a weird sort of way, the agony caused by being healed by the Holy Light would help them. Yeah. Because it hurts, and they need things to hurt. So they would be they would they would suffer well, yeah. or however they put it, suffer well. Yes, I I, I miss Darian Mograine. I don't do the voice very well, so you know, I usually you know girl. I can't really do Darian Mograine because I can't do the reverb on him. No, like but just, you can at least get the right pitch. I can't even get the right pitch. So, but yeah, that's a character that I miss. Uh, next email is from. I believe Nernox. I'm going to go with Nernox. So. Looks right. Good evening, Watchers. So I'm wondering what you guys think about how this expansion will end and where, where the next one will, get, will go based on the bit that was data mined about Gul'dan taking over the IH. I predict the first raid of Tier 2 to come in 6.2 or 6.3 and the second half in the subsequent patch. Expect the last patch to drop in July to August with new expansion announcement at BlizzCon in November. Open beta by December, single zone preview of BlizzCon, and launch in March 2016 to, con- to co- coincide with the movie. I also predict some kind of, of retcon, wow, I read that totally differently, where Gul'dan opens the Dark Portal, but to his timeline's Azeroth, and we somehow get stuck going to the alternate Stormwind to fight the Iron Horde. Or if we kill off the Iron Horde, we get attacked by alternate Stormwind because Khadgar was alternate Medivh and is using us to weaken alternate Azeroth so the Legion can invade and take alternative, alternative Azeroths, Nordrasil, with next to no effort. My brain hurts. That's actually, oh, the boy. funny thing with that is that's actually really bog standard. Uh, yeah. In fact, it's too simple. And I, I, I did a uh, Know Your Lord today, and one of the things I talked about was the idea of there being one true timeline and what does that actually mean? Right. When we can see there's actual other timelines. And I, one of the things about the Titans is they like to do backups. They love to have their weird little backups that, that you know. Just in case. Yeah, restore points. Uh, one of them is the Emerald Dream. And the concept to me of one true timeline seems to mean, at least in the terms of what we're looking at, that there's stuff that's going to happen. And it's really weird because if you look at what we're, the status quo as of right now, it, it's as if Garage completely wasted his time. Yep. He went back in time. The only thing he did was successfully convince his dad not to drink. Everything else, like, he built up the Iron Horde to be his weapon of conquest, but right now whose weapon of conquest is? Gul'dan's. Uh, he totally was going to stop Gul'dan from giving orcs the blood. Gul'dan is handing the blood out to orcs pell-mell willy-nilly. And they're all like, you know, I totally will drink that. 
I mean, I've seen where that comes but from. Grom, Grom didn't drink. I was glad oh. that Grom didn't didn't just say, "Well, okay, I guess you're right," and swig it. I, I'm I'm glad about that. I think it would have been totally in character for him to do so. It would have been, but at the same time, I just i I almost think that Gul'dan pretty much guaranteed that Grom wouldn't do it by telling him that Garrosh was his son. Because all of a sudden he goes, oh, okay, if that guy was my kid, then what he was telling me, it was like that puts a whole different meaning and weight on what he was telling me and what he was having me do. And, and the message, the big message to bring across is, okay, this guy saved me from exploding demon madness. This guy saved me from drinking demon blood. Yeah. So, and, and, so. and he's my kid. So this must have been really, really important. I'll so based, no, I'm not going to drink that blood. Based on the Warcraft 3 Grom, I think him drinking, no matter who did whatever for him, he oh, would totally do it because no, Warcraft 3. Alex, here's a problem though. Warcraft okay. 3 Grom jumped forward to drink the blood to prove himself. Yeah. He wasn't being nagged into it. Honestly, this is my biggest – the biggest thing I believe as to why he didn't drink because you were telling him to do it. And <laughs> nobody tells him what to do. If, if Gul'dan – that's the thing is this Gul'dan is not the manipulator our Gul'dan was. Oh, Although he's a lot know. better – he's a lot better than we thought he was because this all worked out to his perfect advantage. But he, he doesn't seem to quite get that sometimes you don't push. He kept doing the drink – it's like, wow, you could actually see in the animation Grom's back go up. Like, if you go watch the hairs on the back of his neck. No, no, seriously, go watch it. He stands up a little straighter at that moment. He's like, F you. I'll show you. (laughs) This is what I think of you telling me what to do. You know, and I think I agree with you that Grom Hellscream is the kind of guy who would drink the blood, but not if you try and make him do it. Do you know where I'm going with this? If you just Fair leave enough. it there on the bedside table and, and walk away, yeah. then Warcraft 3 when it's like, Thrall's like, I freed my people, hooray, Grom, you're my pal. Don't drink any demon blood while I'm away. And Grom's like, ha ha ha, I'm going to drink the demon blood again. Yeah. Well, he, and definitely in Warcraft 3 one, the other thing though is the Warcraft 3 one is 20 years older. Yeah. Yeah. And he's tired and he's been basically fighting the the demon withdrawal for that long period of time and he's in a position where his people are all going to get wiped out if he doesn't drink it and he's not 100% sure it's demon blood. Like cuz he yeah. got it put in a well and it's just it's a magic well but I'm telling you that well's bad and whatever drink. You know, ooh, oh yeah, that definitely was some demon stuff. Okay. <laughs> that was My bad, guys. terrible idea. Terrible and, and idea. From the from the email, the whole thing about weakening alternate Azeroth, like I don't think they're accomplishing that. I don't think they're going to go to that because no. we'd have if to they if that. they did this story where we also visit alternate Azeroth, I don't think it's weaker because there's us. <laughs> We've been through all of this. We'd, we'd we, be we, in there to bolster it. We is... kicked butt on Draenor, and if they go to alternate Azeroth, so are we. And Okay, they don't have the orc backup. Well, they have the horde and the alliance and the Draenei and the frost wolves from Draenor. Like alternate Azeroth has more backing it than real Azeroth did. Well, for that matter, I mean, I don't really see how we can't be weakening an Azeroth that we're not doing anything to at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like right now, alternate Azeroth has all of its cities, and none of them are destroyed. 
Like, yep. you know, Grothalos, not destroyed. Lordaeron, not destroyed. Who knows if Lordaeron even exists on this Azeroth? Oh, like, yeah, we're, let's who, who, knows, who knows what this Azeroth is exactly over there? It could be one whole continent of Kalimdor that's never been sundered. We yeah, don't know. The Legion never went there at all, so there was no sundering. Maybe so, there's no humans there. Oh, God, Night Elves run everything. <laughs> run, but, uh, run while you the, still can. The theory about us going to alternate Azeroth to tie in with the movie... I'm more on board with that conspiracy now than I used to be. It, it seems to make more sense than it initially really, did. Am I the only one who's not really a big fan of that? I don't care about it one way or the other. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I think, think that silly, if they wanted to tie into the Warcraft movie, they should have like done a StarCraft two style reboot of Warcraft 1, 2, and 3 and put it out for tablet. Yeah, but why not do it in the game you're already developing rather than needing to dedicate a team to remastering an old game? Well, what are they doing on StarCraft right now? <laughs> like Sea of the Void. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the StarCraft team is busy. But honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't not oppose to us going to Alternate Azeroth, and I think that would be fine. But I'm, until I see more, that is not something I'm going to worry about. Yeah. In terms of what I... Honestly, I know the Legion is coming... We don't necessarily have to leave Draenor. You know, we could actually see an expansion that expands Draenor. There's other continents. There's, like, other places we could go. We could see an an expansion that takes us to Argus, which I would be so down with. I'd be okay with that idea. Um, Or one that does multiple worlds. Here's the thing. Last time when we did the Burning Crusade, that was the Burning Legion on a crusade. We've never done one where we take it to them. Where we go to worlds they've already conquered and we free them. We go and destroy the Legion. We, we actually bring the fight to them. That we haven't done. And that's certainly something we could do. Whether it's um, the Burning I definitely Legion think the or not. Whether it's them or not. I just want another expansion where we have Burning Crusade style landscapes. I mean I actually am fairly disappointed with the landscape of Draenor. Because it just seems like more Azeroth. Because it's not that wildly different you know think something we've never seen before it doesn't have the the flavor of the ethereals and all that outland yeah, but stuff if, if we had it as just another outland it would also be something we've never seen before uh wh- what i want to see is like i said one of the reasons i like to see argus is because i want to see something we've literally never seen before yeah i mean i'm just yeah. saying like i like the really alien like stuff like crap flying in the air and all that, you know. But, you know, for that matter, though, we got that in Cataclysm, and no one was except was thrilled about that. That's um, exactly. What Deep I like. I like the landscape. I thought the landscape of Deep Home was really cool. Like the aesthetics, it just um, wasn't a very good zone to quest in. But okay, we're moving on to the next email because it's a fairly short one. Uh, hey, watchers. Um, Question, if they are thinking of not having flying ever in the new expansion, then why have a flying mount with the deluxe version of the game and the next two other mounts uh, sent from Triprentee's iPhone? He didn't sign it or anything. He just, there you go, Triprentee's iPhone. Uh, Because people like flying mounts? You can still use them in other places. Yeah. And you can still use them in Draenor. You just can't fly in them. Yeah. You're going to use them as ground mounts. All of the flying mounts are able to be used as ground mounts right now. It's, and It's a ground mount that happens to be able to fly when you go somewhere that it can fly. It's something that they are thinking about. It's not something that they have said 100%, yeah, we're going to do this, or no, we're not going to do this. It's just something that they're thinking about. 
And I mean, they've been pretty clear about that from day one where they've said, we're just going to kind of see how that goes and decide whether or not we want to introduce flying or if it's something that we feel we don't need. You know, I don't, I don't think they've said either way, one way or another, yes, we're going to get flying or no, we're never going to get flying in Draenor. It's yeah, just, yeah. they're, they're I'll, keeping I'll admit- an eye on it, you know. When this expansion started, I was pretty heavily on the I don't care if they ever bring in flying camp. And since then, I've mellowed on that, and I would like to have flying, although it doesn't really, like, it doesn't ruin the game for me that we don't have it. But I'd like it just because there's, for the same reason that I'd like to be able to get, you know, once I start leveling my third and fourth alts, the the heirlooms to 100 will be, you know, something I, I go and get so that I can have my heirlooms go all the way up to 100 for them. Because once you've done it a couple of times, it's not fun anymore. It's just effort. I'm kind of the opposite. That like I I've got, been going. You've back always hated flying. Yeah, I've always like I I've never liked flying. Like straight up, I think it it's lame. Um, and yes, I have the option to not use it in places where you can fly. But we're playing an MMO. You're always going to take the path path of least resistance, right? If if it's available, I'm going to do it because it's available and everybody else is doing it. But running around on Draenor feels to me a lot better than when I go back to Pandaria to do, you know, whatever I feel like doing, and I'm flying ten thousand feet above the landscape and I can see the whole game world like it's a two D map. Like that just doesn't feel good to me. I just set auto flight to wherever I'm going and I never see anything. See, I, I get what you're saying, but I honestly feel like once I've seen it enough times, I'm not getting anything out of it other than a little frustration. And it really depends on the zone, too. Like, there's some places where I'm totally okay with not being able to fly. Like, for instance, since there's, da- like, level 100 daily quest hubs in places like Shadrath, I don't think you should be able yeah. to fly there. You know? You shouldn't be able right. to fly in a place that's like that. But, I mean, I'm in Shadowmoon. I'm gonna head over to the, you know, I'm heading over to the uh, Black Temple to hang out. Which I do sometimes because you know it's it's the Temple of Karabor and I'm a Draenei, so I want to hang out at it. Uh, I just hop on a uh, on a taxi anyway, so there's really no no reason not to let me fly my flying mount there except just cause. Yeah, and and yeah. Also, there are certain zones where just they are designed in such a way to make me hate not being able to fly, like places in Gorgrond. Like okay, I'm stuck in a cavern and I have to run you know however long to get out of here. I would rather not do that. Or Nagrand, a lot of it's built around verticality, and there's very limited ways of moving vertically, so why would you design a zone with such verticality when moving up and down is a pain in the butt? Yeah, but in terms of that, I think that basically they've put a flying mount in because whether or not they let you fly for a while, people still like them. And every flying mount's a grandma. I think at any point, they're they're never going to, like... It's funny that they've added in one of the things about getting rid of flying for this expansion was it's allowed them to add a lot more land mounts back in because mm-hmm. we were just sitting in the, in the garrison and was running through the various mounts from the stables and they were a bunch of ground mounts. Yeah. There's no obligation to stick wings on everything. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to it. I certainly, I am no longer the, the fundamentally against flying person I was at the start of this expansion, but I don't really think it's going to hurt the expansion that much not to have it either. Uh, that's just my take. Dan, did you have anything else you want to say on this one? No, I think you guys pretty well covered it. Okay, well, the next one, 
it's probably going to be you first. Uh, we were, we were going to answer this one last week, and then I didn't get to it, so I put it in this week. Uh, hi, all. Braylon here, human ally paladin from the Venture Company, and he, so delighted you guys are able to be here and proud to be a Patreon supporter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we appreciate that. Here's my question. What and where are the Titans these days? It seems with Sargeras, the fallen Titan, and his legion running around undoing their work, you'd think the Titans should stop ordering the universe for a sec and show up to stop them. But they're letting the Naru be the major leaders of the Legion's opposition. Why is that? Are the Naru Legion constructs, perhaps, acting as the Titans' proxies? Uh, could the Titans have pulled a Wildstar Eldon and just vanished? Why aren't they coming back from the universe ordering to put a stop to this malevolent force und- undoing all their hard work? Thoughts? Uh, so, like I said, I think Anne should go first. Um, my last tinfoil hat for the other site was kind of talking about this a little bit. Um, I think it was that tinfoil hat. I believe I put it in that. That tinfoil hat had a lot of stuff in it. One of the things that I've always kind of wondered is what are the Naru? Because I think if we knew exactly what they were, we would know a lot more about the Warcraft Cosmos than we do currently. There's a reason they hate the Legion. We know that. And they're fighting the Legion when when... The Titans seem to be, like you said, absent. So one of the theories that I've always, it's been like this pet theory that I've had and kicked around for a really long time is that the, the, the Naru are, they're Titan paladins. They are Titans that have so mastered the light that they have kind of ascended corporeal form and become light themselves, which I thought was this really cool kind of elegant way to look at it, but that's never been confirmed or denied either way. Um, and then in that tinfoil hat, the other thing that I thought was, what if that's that those are dead Titan souls? What if those are the souls of the Titans or the Titan constructs that fell on the other worlds, the ones that the Legions already claimed, and they want revenge? You know, they want to get back get back for what was done to them. And that was another one of those thoughts that was kind of interesting. I honestly, there's something going on between the Titans and the Naru. There's, there's gotta be some way that these two guys are connected somehow. I don't know how, but they are as far as the Titans themselves. I don't know. I think if we knew what they were doing and we knew what they were up to, we would probably have the end of Warcraft story right there. I've or an element of it. I've assumed, like always assumed, that the Titans were just gone. I don't know, just maybe dead or don't just exist disappeared. anymore. Because, I mean, you would think Azeroth seems to be this hotbed of activity. They would pay attention a little bit, but they haven't in such a significant amount of time that I just assume they're not there anymore. Well, I mean, unless you don't this count. This is what makes you, sense to me. Does Al go on? There's Algalon, yeah, and there's the whole fact that there's set, you know, there's obviously safeguards in place to send out a signal to the Titans, supposedly. But then there's the fact that that we have one story that tells us that the Titans established the aspects and made them what they are. But then you look at Dawn of the Aspects, the the short story, the little novella that came out, um, and it's made pretty clear, kind of in the end of that, that the Titans weren't actually there. When the aspects became the aspects, they they weren't present. They weren't there on Azeroth when all of that went down with Galakrond. 
So what happened, you know? Um, now, Warcraft Chronicle, that's a book that's coming out this fall. I think it's due out in November. You can pre-order it on Amazon. That one is like an illustrated novel type thing. I think it's more illustrations and paintings and things like that than it is text. I'm not sure. But I do know that that's volume one. And it seems to be, at this point, that they're going to cover that whole Cosmos story, the one that they haven't written yet. So that might be something to keep an eye out for because that may explain more about the Titans that we know presently, which would be great. See, my own thing is, and I, I'll freely admit that I, you know, I know no more than anyone. This is just my take on it. I don't think the Titans and the Naru are related at all. Really? I think the Naru are several levels below the Titans. And I think that's one of the reasons the Titans don't show up very often or haven't shown up yet is that they are several steps above anything we've seen so far. They are several steps above Algalon, who can wipe out a planet. They're several, you know, they are as terrible in their way as the old gods. And they don't, they haven't come back yet because we're simply not that important in the grand overall scheme of things. They've got other stuff to do. Now, we can argue, you know, for that matter, who knows? I could be completely wrong. And I'm freely willing to admit that we may find out that the Naru are related to them. But I honestly feel like the Naru are just a reaction to this horrible thing that's going on that the Titans are just too distant to deal with. Maybe mm-hmm. the Titans don't care. Maybe the Titans don't want to fight that guy. I mean, there's that old possibility. Um, of all people, and I hate to do this, but it, it's David Eddings of all people, so I feel kind of embarrassed. But in the original uh, Belgariad, when the god Torak dies... The other gods show up and mourn him, but none of them wanted to fight him because they loved him. He was their brother. And Sargeras has been called many times the best of them. It's possible they just straight up don't want to fight the dude. They're hoping he'll get his act together, that this is just a phase he's going through, and he'll snap out of it in a few hundred thousand years. In in, in the fantasy genre, um, I think people who create these fantasy settings really love making these super all-powerful figures like the titans who are like oh they could you know reboot a planet to snap with their fingers the thing but is, it's even you more can terrible. never really bring them into the story because yeah. if you do and they don't do those things it's stupid and doesn't make sense you have it's to avoid too big bringing for them the in. story that you've right. written plus with the titans it's even worse because You've got the aspects, and you've got the bit... Well, whether or not the Titans actually came to empower them, they each heard one of the Titans when they were empowered. And you've got Amonthul talking to, to, to Noah's Dormu about how he has to protect the one true timeline. It's like, you gave him power over time! Time! It's like, and these are, these are your proxies! These aren't even the guys! These are just their proxies! It just... It gets... It becomes impossible to write a story where they're personally involved. Yeah, because if it's Titans not, show up, it's basically it is the last. It's the last story you're ever going to be able to tell. Yeah, yeah. It's, either you, we you fight those guys. guys yeah, either we fight those guys, and how the heck do we do that? Or they show up and fix everything. Yeah. So if my assumption up, is either they don't exist anymore, or if they do exist, we're not going to see them, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think I, that I, we wouldn't know them even if we saw them. Yeah, for that I matter, think that they're they probably. Several scales larger than a planet, <laughs> and I think that we're like specks of dust compared to them. Well, for that matter, I mean, speaking, there was that whole thing we argued back and forth back when the final Titan revelation was made. Oh yeah, that the, the planet Azeroth might be a Titan. 
Or oh, a yeah, that was okay. another tinfoil hat that I had out there where, like, the planet is a baby titan. And so if that's the case, <laughs> if planets are just titans waiting to happen... They're eggs That makes us, hatch. like, you know, like us, the white blood cells of the future godlike being. We're specs. We are the titan. We're yeah. specs. But it, it just, you know, yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see him. Yeah. Okay. Next cool one. think about, but yeah. Uh, we're getting kind of late in the day, so I'm going to try and move on to this one. Okay. Uh, hello, Blizzard Shop Quartet. Wow. Okay. Hello. Hello. Sure. Hello. I'm not uh, singing. Okay. This one is from Daniera a blood mage. I, I think he means a blood elf mage, but I'm not entirely sure. Actually, maybe he just means blood, blood mage and he's from the other game. Um, the one we're not talking about. Playing I've been the hero <laughs> class for the next yeah. expansion. I've been playing a mage since before Burning Crusade. When I discovered we could build mage towers in our garrisons, the geeky fangirl inside my otherwise extremely manly chest jumped out, and thoughts of role-playing fun times danced in my mind. I love everything about Blood Elf culture, but I just didn't think as a society they would agree with the architecture of the Horde garrison, i.e. the Horde-side mage towers. I mean, look at Silvermoon City versus Orgrimmar. Do you think Blizzard would ever think about different architecture in garrisons or garrison-style additions in the future for different races to make it more immersive? Thanks, Stanier. They've talked about wanting to do it. It's just a matter of... Were you talking to Mumper about this? I seem to recall you talking to Mumper about this. Um, no, but I know that he has discussed it before, um, and people yeah. have discussed it with him before. This is not, this is not an uncommon request. People yeah. have been asking for this for a while, for the possibility of like different architectural styles, different buildings, that kind of thing. But it, it's one of those things that they would like to do, but they've never said that they're going to do it because that would require a lot of. I mean, they'd have to make one for every race, really, wouldn't they? Pretty yeah. much. I mean, although I don't know if you'd need a mage tower for every race, because I don't know what the, you know, what what is the, like, or I know orcs can be mages now. The orcish mage tower is a hole in the ground. It's just a hole in the ground, yeah. Actually, it would be great the is spikes, if the orcish mage tower was really sophisticated. If it was this really complicated, sophisticated, totally out of nowhere, like you would never believe orcs would it build that. It looks like Titan technology. <laughs> the orcs are like, what? We can build fancy things too. And then they put <laughs> spikes all over it. Yes, well, yeah. <laughs> we got to have spikes on it. I mean, come on. Yeah. You totally stole those plans, didn't you? No. No. Shut up. This is not from Olduar. Just just happened to look <laughs> that way. It just kind of looks Why'd like. Why'd you put the big it? iron spikes on it? Because it had to have spikes. It had to. Spikes. Cut to an orc. Gosh. You cut to an orc crib. There's an orc baby and an orc crib holding it like a little orc pacifier and shaking an orc rattle. Got spikes on All it. these things have spikes on them. The diaper has spikes. <laughs> the diaper has spikes. <laughs> but um, for for blood elves in particular, like there's this there's this real issue where horde and alliance always get boiled down to orcs and humans. And when you're a race so far separated from that core aesthetic, you really get left out. Like, um, yeah. until until this expansion, that was the Draenei. And I think it's kind of the Worgen, too, because the Worgen have the very dark, uh, kind of Victorian, really you know, it's lots, of, lots have... of drippy black stuff. And no, the Alliance is bright blue. What's interesting is the when they did the Worgen stuff and they brought in the Gilnean look... The Gilnean so look is, is it's beautiful, but it's also very similar to the updated um, Forsaken look. 
Mm-hmm. If the updated bit, Forsaken yeah. stuff looks like stuff from Gilneas if you let Tim Burton decorate it. And it's actually really cool because they were close together. They were like, you know, these two cultures, the Lordaeron culture and the Gilnean culture were right next to each other. Yeah. So it would make sense their stuff would kind of look alike. And um, yeah, it's just when you're Horde stuff is going to be red and spiky and the Blood Elf stuff is red and very sleek and elegant and elegance conflicts with that Horde essence. So when Blizzard is trying to hit what's the core of the Horde, Blood Elves get completely cut off. And yeah, for the Alliance, it was the Draenei who get cut off. Because like the gnomes, they, you know, they fit in. Put some gears on it. It's gnomish. Uh, the dwarves fit in fine. Like, that all works with the human stuff. But the Draenei, not so much. Or the, think, oh, the Night Elves, really. Yeah. Draenei, Night Elves. Yeah, Draenei and the Night Elves kind of go together, too. Like, that kind of fits, but it's... Yeah, the colors are make similar. It work. But well, the I think it's the worgen that are going to get the short end of the stick. That's why it's interesting that they have like moonwells and stuff on Draenor. When you go to Shadowmoon Valley, the night elves are right there building moonwells and going, "Yeah, this is great. It's always yeah. dark here. This is awesome. Let's live I here get... forever." So yeah, uh, blood elves definitely don't don't get a lot of. It's a shame too, because man, Silvermoon still looks good all these years later. Oh, I love the blood elf stuff. Like that's awesome to me. I mean, as much as I, I don't like Blood Elf culture, like, I think Blood Elves come off as just just intense jerks. Um, the the, uh, the art style is just spectacular. Uh, have either of you guys been out to uh, Isla Caldonas recently? Yeah. Not rec- um, Not super recently. I think the last time was probably when I got that sword. From, was it Wrath of the Lich King? That was yeah, a that long would, time ago. Wow, I thought yeah. it was way more recent than that. No, that was Wrath. If you fly out now, the the flight path is slightly changed to be a little bit further out, and you go like you go around. Like this is if you're Alliance, obviously, you go around Silvermoon rather than like trying to fly anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. But as you like come in, you get to see see like the whole area. And you, remember, you can't Silvermoon is designed to fly there, and it's designed with the old uh, aesthetic in mind, where a lot of stuff is kind of just tacked on and only looks good from certain angles. But when you come in, Silvermoon and, and Queldenos in particular has this just astonishing burst of color that really yeah. it's it's a shame, you know, when they went, when they did the Horde thing, they, they did the, uh, the, the, the true Horde or the new Horde, whatever you want to call it. And as Garage became more and more in charge, the Horde aesthetic became more and more iron, like put metal everywhere, dark iron, everything. Um. Which is a shame is when they came back, the, the Horde garrison is basically just old Orgrimmar. You yeah. know, it's all tense. Yeah. And it is, it's I one of those things walls that... walls and doors and things like that. I don't know honestly, why. I I honestly, I honestly would have loved it. landscaped, it would be kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, we both know you and I don't like snow to begin with. <laughs> well, I do like I think, looking at snow, but... I think in general, I personally would... I think it'd be fun to have an expansion where the orcs and the humans aren't the central aren't like the central part of their factions mm-hmm. like put somebody completely different to spearhead this thing because like yeah the alliance i want a night elf expansion. i'm sorry i'm gonna say it i want a night elf expansion like you night would elf not would be cool. believe or gildane would be cool but you could put them both in an expansion together yeah. easily like we haven't had theory, night elves featured in anything since warcraft 3 
Well, no, yeah. that's not really true. We had we had the night elves featured. Just it was a five man. It was like, a five going man. back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not arguing with you entirely. I just what I want to see is honestly, if we're going to do a night elf thing, then then do the blood elves haven't gotten a feature in a while. I'm at the point now where I'm okay seeing the blood elves again. They got a huge chunk of Burning Crusade. Then they, they got, got more a chunk Burning Crusade than the Draenei did, which was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Now they've gotten the, they got a chunk in, in Wrath, but not a big chunk. And since then, they've been kind of waiting. Like they had their their moment in mists, but at this point, the Draenei have gotten featured, and I'm I'm thrilled with it. But I'm okay with like letting the Blood Elves come forward a little bit because let's face it, the Blood Elves are the most independent, unless you're counting the Forsaken. And you know we could do more with the Forsaken too. At this point, we've had enough time from Wrath. Bring in the Night Elves. Yeah, like I think. An and bring in Gilneas under that umbrella because they they took they took the Gilneans in. So bring them in under that umbrella. Feature them in an expansion. Bring in the Forsaken on the side because the whole Forsaken Gilneas thing that's going on that needs some kind of like actual resolution. I think it would be cool just to have an expansion where you can feature everybody else, just no orcs, no humans. I think that <laughs> well, would be cool. Don't have no, because that's... The, no think, seems kind of weird. I think still feature them, but the thing have is... Them, what I would no. find interesting, what I would find interesting is is do an expansion, like I said, Nine Elves, Gilnaeans, and then bring in, and I know people are just going to cringe at this thought, trolls, not... not as like a heavy element or anything, but you have Vol'jin over here leading the horde now. So what does his horde look like? Maybe explore that. I would like to see more troll, like what the evolution of troll architecture is, like for this group of trolls in particular, yeah. like the horde trolls beyond hanging hammocks and trees. Yeah. Or for that matter, here's another thing to point out. In other expansions, what we've had is an incredibly human and orc-centric places that had the other races just be there. Yeah. Like we've got some night elves shooting from the from the balance because that's what night elves do. So in right. you're doing this if you were doing this expansion where you feature the other races, have humans and orcs there, but they're not doing like you know the commander is a blood elf. His second yeah, command is a forsaken. Mean, I don't but, want the default town to be yeah. human. The town is the town is like say, let's say the town is like you know, some mixture of blood elf and and troll because those are the power groups or whatever. But have people there. Do we, you know, make it clear this is the horde. Even in Warlords of Draenor, where the alliance is dealing with a lot of Draenei, it's still the default where there's the alliance. It's, it's a human town. It's and human I'm, town. I don't want that. I'm sick of that. Do something else. Give me, give me anybody but the humans. See, I, I honestly feel like I feel that more strongly about the horde one. They're going to give you a gnome village now, Alex. They're That's just going to give you a village of gnome stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, you know point, what town did this really well meshing the races for the alliance dragon blight and wrath of the lich king yeah the seventh legion everybody was represented in that town everybody. and there was a little there was a little high elf sanctum up on the hill too yeah even the high elves were there that was awesome but uh, at this point we've gone on quite a bit so okay. going to wrap it up uh we also one thing to mention really fast i didn't get mentioning is that there was both both the Overwatch beta was announced at PAX. It's going to be the fall of this year. So if you want to get in that, you should sign up. And they had a bunch of Heroes of the Storm stuff, too. It is a closed beta. should specify that. You have to sign up for that beta. Yeah, it's not just thrown open to everybody. But if you want to try and get in, you should sign up. And they up announced now. a new map and two new Heroes, too. Both of which look pretty cool. Yeah, Zarya is pretty cool. 
Um, I like I was, McCree's like his special ability where he like zones in a bunch of people and just like boom insta kill. Yeah, that's got nerfed <laughs> at some point. But yeah, I liked Zarya's thing too with the with the uh, the gravity well. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, I think they both look awesome. Like everybody in everybody except for the weird dwarf. I don't know why there's a Warcraft dwarf in Overwatch, but everybody else in Overwatch looks awesome. The Warcraft dwarf does not really belong he there. He doesn't really match the rest of it, aesthetic-wise. It just he really he doesn't. feels a little out, like, a little so too his, far out of that aesthetic. His thing is that he is, he is the, the humanoid representation of one of these things is not like the others. That's his power. I guess. Like even but, uh, even at BlizzCon, they were going through all the new heroes when they first revealed Overwatch. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. That's amazing. Why is there a dwarf? Actually, that's not what you said when we were talking about it. Do you remember your exact phrase to me? No. <laughs> you you I, we were talking. In, it was in probably Fire. something really like jam packed full of expletives. So no, I'm not even going to guess, just in case we can't no. say it on the what podcast. What you said was. What the heck? Why did they put you in the game? <laughs> That's your exact to me. So I was like, because I like games? What the heck? Why not put me in? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, a strange mix between between the Warcraft Dwarf and one of the Lost Vikings, kind of. Yes. Kind of. Like, I don't think he's supposed to be, I don't think he's actually supposed to be a Warcraft Dwarf. He just is in every no, single way. No, he just that looks like he, he's just got yeah. that aesthetic where you, and, you know, you look at him and iconically... And, you know, when I saw him aesthetically, I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I actually got to play him a little bit. And he feels like the least inspired character in Overwatch from, like, huh. from BlizzCon. Like, maybe they fixed it since then. Like, every class, if it's similar to one from Team Fortress 2, they changed it to have a twist. Yeah. No. The dwarf is the TF2 engineer, point for point. Everything he does <laughs> is identical to the TF2 engineer. No difference. All right. There well, was no inspiration there whatsoever. Maybe they'll maybe they'll tweak that a little bit. Probably I have by so. now. It's Look been a while. It. Right. It's been but a long time, and that was a really early build. So at this point, I feel like we're going to give Adam apoplexy if we don't end this. So yeah. Okay, uh, now be- before the show. we end, before okay. we end, uh, oh. if you want to support us, Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch. If for some reason you want to hear me talking for another two hours, I don't know why you would. They interviewed me this week on the Twisted Another blogcast, so you can go listen to that. I'm done finish up okay well can you tell them where they can find that uh just google twist another blogcast you'll find it okay uh and that's pretty much the show thank you everybody remember to send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch dot you know dot com and uh that's it that's the show thank you very much hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter go to prettylitter.com and use code acast for 20 percent off your first order and a free cat toy terms and conditions apply see site for details